in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. All right. So I would say that each and every one of us, maybe not right now, and if not, that is a good thing, that is a healthy thing, right? But probably at some point in our existence, we have allowed anger to jump onto a scorecard that we've held on to for a good amount of time. Let I me mean, let's just be honest. We've gotten angry about something and we've placed it in our heart and that seed got placed, planted, and grew. And all anger can do if it's not dealt with is grow. People, I just want to tell you that the anger doesn't just like stay at bay or stay at rest. It, it might be silent for a while, but then that person comes by you and it just, or that situation is reminded and it just, anger has to be dealt with. Paul is recognizing in the life of the church that anger is becoming more prevalent. In our society, anger is prevalent. People are getting angry. They're letting their hearts be filled with. And so Paul here takes us on a kind of a short, really simple, but really powerful journey. And he begins by using this kind of language, putting off. You ever get put off? Oh, Y'all, come on, be real. Like, hello, it's beautiful out, nice weather. You've been put off, right, okay? Probably not like a great feeling, okay? Now, I'm just gonna use one example and I'm gonna use it throughout the whole day, but you can come up with whatever you want and whatever example, because there's a million, right? But maybe you've been at a workplace, right? Where you have thought that you were up next. Like this promotion, it was yours. You've worked longer, harder than everybody else, or at least that's what you think, okay? And you've, you, you were put off. You, you, were, you were passed over. You were dealt with a situation recently, just in conversation, I don't wanna to say too much, but uh, someone that was really angry, like this was mine. I worked all these years, did all these things, and I know I didn't get it because of, and I let the person communicate and talk, and I said, you know, I feel like in my heart, this is bordering, and I'm just saying for your sake, you're probably never gonna tell that person, so you're holding on to something they don't even know about, and it's building in you, and it's growing in you, and for you to tell me, I'm pretty sure it didn't just, like, pop up. See, church, what, hang, what happens is anger grows. And oftentimes we take it on and, and other people don't even know we've taken it on until it, starts to, until it starts to boil over. Until it starts to get so bad that we can't hold it in and the people around us don't even know what it is or where it started because we've held on to it. And then Paul begins this with, therefore putting off and he begins to talk about this putting off meaning like hey you've already put off the old self you already put off the person that holds on to anger the person that's selfish the person that's only got you you put all that off so he's like talking to the church and saying hey you put it off it's gone you know how easy it is when we let things go to like swoop them back come on now I think all of us at some point in our life, we've let something go. We've put it off and we've allowed the power of Christ to come in and we easily are reminded and we grab a hold of it. Every time we grab a hold of it, it grows. And so Paul said, here, hey, could you remember that like you put these things off? And see, the problem is, is that when we put off anger and we swoop it back, 
the scorecard grows. And I feel like anger scorecards are the heaviest and they're the hardest to let go of because the anger has a way of building and growing. I encountered a person this week and uh, I was talking to her and, and I just could tell something was wrong and something was off and, and I had made a joke about, you know, not really a joke, but just about the glasses and, and, um, and she said, well, pastor, come over here. And we walked out of the way and she lifted her glasses to see a sight of a complete, I mean, like circle. Could barely open her eye. It was watering out. And um, I said, what happened? And she said, well, he got really angry, really angry with me. Here's the deal, church. Anger is either going to be dealt with or it's going to deal with you. You either deal with it, and I say this a lot, or it's going to deal with you. And eventually anger comes out in like words, in maybe um, quietness. I don't know how you deal with anger, whatever it is. But once it gets to the physical, it, it's gone way too far. Way, way too far. And that's when anger that boils out of us affects others. And at the end, I'm going to say you should just step away. So, Paul says this. When you look at the scripture, he says, therefore, having put away falsehood, having put away falsehood. Well, interestingly enough here, and what I love about this is that falsehood is a state. Paul was saying that you were in a state of living in a false reality. It was basically a facade. Church, when you're living in this kind of like bound up anger and you've taken back the old self, Paul was saying like, that, that's a false existence. The enemy's actually putting scales on your eyes so you can't see the, the realm of spirituality. You can't see what's really going on. You can't see the, and Paul was saying, and, and it translates here, it was a state of being an actual person that wasn't true. Meaning, meaning they were not living in the truth of the gospel. They were not living in the truth of, and they, they had put those things away. They had gotten out of living in mistruth and started living in truth, in God's goodness, in his wholeness, in his newness, in his purity. And he was saying, you, you left that. You were set free. You took those scorecards and broke them in half and threw them and said, you know what, enemy, you can, you can live in anger. You can, you can live in a facade. You can live in a false truth. But I'm going to live in truth. I'm going to let those things go. Interestingly enough, we, we often say like big statements like, um, I will never. <laughs> I will never go back. Or I will never step into that again. Or I will never. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves swooping it back up. Well, I'll never get angry like that again. And see when we do it in our own strength. And Paul was saying, hey, when you do it in your own strength, it, it isn't possible. So you've got to do it in my strength. It isn't possible in your humanness to let go of anger. It isn't possible to let it go. It isn't possible to, it's only through the truth. So he, he flips the script and what does he say? Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are all one. Don't you love when someone comes to you and you're angry 
or they're angry and they come to you and say, hey, I know you're angry. You need to relax. Don't you love that? Uh, do, what, wouldn't it be great if we just started doing that church? Like, hey, I know you're angry, but would you relax? Like God said, you know, people love that. Like you should try it tomorrow. Probably won't work, right? But it's different when we go to people, right? And we're like, hey, I can see it. Like, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? Like, I want to partner with you. I want to, Paul was basically saying, hey, I'm here. Come see me. Or come see the people, he couldn't that time, but come see the people that, that'll help you through this. That'll make it so that you can get past this. All right, so let's continue on this journey. All right, this is fun, okay? He actually said, can you believe this? He said two things, put them together. Be angry. Be angry. He didn't say, do not be angry, right? Now, so this should make you feel really good, right? You, you, can, you can be justified in your anger. Now, interestingly enough, that's not how it translates. You want to know how it translates? Just say yes. yes. Okay, that wasn't enough. Just say yes. yes. All right, amen. Okay. He said, be angry and do not sin. Interestingly enough, he went on to say that actually, when you get angry at yourself about stepping back into your old self, you should be mad at yourself. You should be mad at stepping back into that. Because you know where God's anger is actually at? It's at sin. He wants to free us from that. He wants us to get away from that. He is angry with sin. Now, I'm going to give you two paths, and I'm going to give you one path and another path, right? The problem is, is that what we've done now in society and what the enemy has done to us is the enemy has made us believe a facade. Now, anger towards ourselves or to any, towards anyone else should have to do directly with sin. But you know what anger has to do with in society? Let's go back to our first example, say promotion. Okay, maybe you haven't been passed over. That's okay, but I'm sure you can kind of feel that emotion, right? So what happens is, is that we feel like we should get the promotion. We don't get it, and we should feel disappointment. It's okay to feel sad about it. It's okay to be like, oh, I wish I would have. God, come on, I thought I heard you. So disappointment's okay, sadness is okay, but what happens is what we do is we get angry. And then all of a sudden we hear something, well, you know, so-and-so was the one that said you shouldn't get it. And then all of a sudden we're mad at so-and-so, we're mad we didn't get promotion, and then we're just mad. And so instead of letting it be disappointment, we get angry, then anger festers, and then anger boils over, and then anger causes us to do things we shouldn't do, causes us to say things we shouldn't, when actually it's just, you wanna go a little further? Say yes. Okay, um, the bottom line is, is that oftentimes, and in fact, when I was looking at what theologians say about this, they say the bottom line is, is that most anger in our society comes from not getting our way. Come on now. If you're in leadership, you have people mad at you all the time. Because if you let everybody have their way, you know what an organization would be? A mess. You know why it's hard for leaders? Because they have to look at the whole picture and if they're good godly leaders they sometimes have to make you mad i do it in the church i have to sometimes go home and say honey for the sake of the whole i have to and you know what sometimes for the sake of the whole i make her mad and she'll come later and say i get it this is best for the whole church but you know what it is the way it rolls but not getting your way, if it produces anger in you, then you still have the old self. Because you should be disappointed. It's okay to be sad. It's not okay to let anger come in. 
Because see, what happens is if anger comes in, then your old self is still in your new self. And what happens with an old self and a new self mixing is God says, okay, I'm going to step over here because I can't be there. And so I've got to step back here and I need you to, like when you're ready, if you would, call me and I'll step in and show you how to manage this and put it off. Because see, the problem is anger about not getting your way or being disappointed. Hey, it's legit. But, but when it causes a seed of anger to come in to where you can't see straight, where you can't function, where you can't look at, where you can't handle, that, then God's been stepped, he's been, he's been pushed. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, the marriage conference, like, it's so easy in a relationship for anger to, and then all of a sudden, the other person doesn't even know you're angry at them, and, and then all of a sudden, you're holding onto a scorecard that's boiling over that the other person doesn't even know. Come on now, how many times are you angry at somebody, and they don't even know you're angry at them? They say something, it makes you angry, you don't say anything to them, and so it just grows in you, and ain't nothing growing in them. Do you know how many people I've sat with over the last 25 years and I've sat and said, it's kind of funny, is that person even know? Well, no, I'm like, wow. So for 15 years, they didn't, well, no, I'm not gonna, what? I, this is no lie. People come to church and say, this person in the church is doing this and it's not right. But I'm related to them, so don't, like, but you told me. Well, but don't, why? But you're mad at them. Well, yeah, shouldn't you go to them? right? Well, they're my family. Hello? Family had to be set straight sometimes too. And sometimes it comes better from you than me. So interestingly enough, Paul said, be angry, but don't sin. Sorry, I got to catch up. Think about this. So how did, how did God handle his anger towards sin? Well, he sent Jesus. Well, what do you mean? Well, there was no space for sin in God, so he sent Jesus to redeem. He sent Jesus to come and show a grace-filled movement that was full of mercy and grace. And so he took his anger and instead of like unleashing it, he said, it's time for Jesus to come. And he sent Jesus and Jesus walked and stepped and moved and showed us how to manage ourselves, showed us how to manage redemption, showed us how to manage mercy, grace, and love. And he showed it over and over and over again so that we would see and know and do the same. And so he dealt with anger towards sin by setting up a beautiful path of redemption. How often do we take the anger we have towards others and set up a beautiful path of redemption? Probably not often. And, and interestingly enough, Paul said something so crazy because this cannot be the case because girl, I am so mad at her. I am so mad at him. There is no way that I'm dealing with this today. You know what Paul said? If you've got anger, you better deal with it before the day's end. Now, I would love to come, I'd love to come to you today, and I've looked at it, and looked at it, and looked at it, where maybe it didn't mean like a day, right? 
I, I was hoping Paul meant like when you feel like it, because wouldn't that be nice? You know what I mean? When I feel like getting over that person, what they did to me, then I'll let it go. It actually, he actually meant that day. So you got angry and you dealt with it. Wow. He actually said you shouldn't. In fact, if we go back to what Jesus said, because I told you I didn't want to use Jesus' scripture, but he said like, put everything aside and go deal with it and then go back and pick your stuff up. And then Paul, you know, you know what's interesting about Paul? Is that he gets us. In fact, when Paul talks about anger, if you know Saul, who was Paul, and if you know your scriptures, man, he was a pretty angry dude. He, he was actually like one of the most angry people of the day. He was going after people that believed in Jesus. He was going after people who left the Jewish faith to go believe this Jesus. And he didn't do it in like a loving way. He didn't do it in like, let's sit down and meet. Here's why you should still be a Jew. No, he said, let's get you over here and we'll stone you. Now that has to come from somewhere. When you take anger and turn it into violence, it has, there's a journey to that. And somehow on this side, a dude who gets you, a dude who's been angry like you've been before, a dude who like not only got angry, but probably went further with his anger than you've ever gone, unless you've killed someone, right? And he said, I get it. Anger can consume you. It's why you can't go to bed with it. Why? Because he gets us. Now sometimes, I'll admit, I'm gonna be funny for a second, is it okay? Oh, I get mad at her. She doesn't even know why I'm mad. Talk about Ashley. Doesn't even know why I'm mad. And I just, I plant in my head, it grows. And then I, it steams over and I say something I shouldn't to her, right? Well, she should just forgive me, shouldn't she? Because Paul said, by the end of the night, you know what I'm saying? Like, but here's what's funny. Just because I let it out and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that. I need to ask for the power and presence of God to come back in. She doesn't like forgive me that night. I don't know what happened to her. You know what I mean? Maybe she'll listen today and I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. She always forgives me the next day. So anyway, um, but it's different when you hurt someone out of anger, right? Because we expect them to just like, you're going to come and say, pastor, why in the world did it not just get resolved overnight? I mean, I went to them. Yeah, you know what? There's a journey to and a journey back. And so you need, to, you need to make sure that if it's on your heart, you begin to deal with it right away. But guess what? When we hurt other people in our anger, we can't expect them to just run back and be like... And sometimes, actually, Paul would say, like, putting off. Because, see, some of you are in situations and relationships. When I watched the woman lift her sunglasses up, I said, well, where are you going today? Well, I'm going back with him. I said, why? And I've told you this before. And I looked at her and I said, whatever it takes, we'll make it happen. But you gotta be ready. Because guess what? Sometimes it means you have to, you have to, you have to go to bed somewhere else. Because you don't need to be the recipient of a scorecard that's boiling over with anger. The Lord didn't say that's your right. He didn't say you need to live in that. Paul actually said, get away from it. Put it off, start fresh, get new, find godly people, be with them, let them support you. Because in the church of Acts, what did they do? They were all in it together. You leave that abuse and step over here. You step away from that anger and we'll... But see, what happens is, is that we, we don't let it go. 
we hold on to it. See, my wife would tell you if she had a chance, she would say, well, that's been festering for 30 days and you want me to just let it go tonight? You waited 30 days to tell me that that was a problem and now you want me to just, it's why when it happens, what should we have done? Discussed it then. And we're getting better at that. I feel like recently we have like, something bothers me, I say it to her and she actually works through it. And that's pretty cool, right? It's, it's good. But you know what? It's because I'm treating her differently and better. And then she treats me differently and better. And then all of a sudden, there's less and less anger present in a relationship. The problem is, the problem is we've got anger and the definition, because it says in here, be angry. It's a human emotion. It's okay. If it has anything to do with outside of sin, you better deal with it because it's not a good kind of anger. God only, only has anger and wrath towards sin that's unrepentant and undealt with. When you don't get your way and you're angry, you're holding on to the self. When you don't like in your relationship always get what you want or you're not always the one that's on the or your parents don't and they always put so-and-so first or all, that kind of stuff, that's gonna kill you. That, that's gonna enrage you. That's gonna fill your scorecard. That's gonna make you a not nice person to be around. That's gonna make you react and say things you wish you never said. Put your hands on people you should have never put them on. Hold on to things that others don't even know you're holding on to. But see, getting your way <laughs> or getting overlooked or getting what, what Paul's saying here is that if you put off yourself and Christ is filling you those things are disappointing but they're not the end of the world you know why because he's my everything he fills me and I'm building a a room and space where God is going to well you know he said thanks to so-and-so but he didn't say thanks to me well you know what's great one day God's going to say thanks and he's going to show you what he's prepared for you. But see, it takes a level of confidence with Christ to get there. Because church, I'm pretty sure that a lot of things, a lot of things spark anger, get written on the scorecard, and anger scorecards are the heaviest of them all and come out in the ugliest of ways. And then Paul at the end said something so simple, so simple. I'll read it. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil, which actually translates there as a foothold. Y'all like in the bathrooms, now, I don't know, this is a side note, but like they have the hook on the floor and you can t take your feet and like pull the door so I don't have to touch what you touch. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that great? Like post-COVID, we should do that everywhere or just do automatic doors. Anyway, um, foothold, right? He says, here's the thing. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of your anger scorecard. Do you know what it actually does? It gives the enemy a foothold. You're mad at so-and-so, you're not bold enough to tell them. And so all of a sudden, actual not anger because you should just be angry at the sin in your life and in others and and yet other stuff gets you angry and so that's already a place where self is is controlling and then all of a sudden Paul says you've got a foothold and that foothold all it does is when the enemy comes in and takes that space God doesn't take that space anymore 
And so that space in your mind where you stay consistently angry and nobody else knows, God isn't there. So where is he? Well, he's somewhere else. Maybe over there in that part of your life. But boy, when you pass her who got the promotion and you didn't, and it sparks in you and she didn't even know you're mad or he didn't even know you're mad or when your spouse and they didn't even know because you didn't tell them, but they can sense it. God doesn't embrace or partake in that space. I know when I'm living in anger that that's not God. I also know when I step away from him that he's waiting and saying, hey, I don't like it. You don't like it. Let's deal with it. But church, footholds are so, so quick. Come on now. You ever given the enemy a foothold? You know what the enemy does with footholds? He loves it. He chuckles. He laughs. I'm just assuming. And he jumps in. And he says, great, I've got space and that's all I need. You ever, you ever been angry at something and you didn't deal with it? What does it do? It grows. You ever been mad at your mom or your dad or your friend or your coworker or your boss? If you don't deal with it, you know what it does? It just, it grows. And then all of a sudden, your headspace is filled with what? And all of a sudden, you can't go to sleep at night. And here is the key of today. And this is something that I've learned and something that my wife has learned. And um, she says it better than I do. But Paul did something really key here. When you translate it, he actually says to the people, you weren't created with the capacity to handle anger. Well, what do you mean? When you think about original creative order, see, God is always trying to get us back to that, like the beauty of like one-on-one -on -one with him. And, and Paul is saying, we weren't created one-on-one -on -one with him to also have anger. We, we, he didn't create us to say, hey, you're an angry being. No, he created us to walk and be with and, and be a part of the community and the beauty of that, that garden and relationship with each other and relationship with God. And he didn't create us and say, hey, you have the capacity to be angry too. No, he created us with the capacity to embrace him. And so here's what's so crazy is Paul gets himself, he gets how we walk with Christ and then he gets you. Like he, if he were standing here today, he would say to you, your created mind and being isn't created for anger. And, and I, I've been on medication, so I'm not doubting that. I say stay on it and get more, whatever it takes, right? But the bottom line is the reason we have to do these things is because we're not actually psychologically set up to handle anger. God set us up to handle him and to handle his mind space and his heart and his Paul's saying, there's a reason you can't go to bed with it because you won't sleep well. Y'all, come on, that's just a reality. Paul was being so practical and so real and so basic. You're like, pastor, I mean, I could have read this and got this, I know, but are we living it? No. Everyone around us is angry. You say the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place, you'll get told off, just be ready. You drive in the wrong manner, you're gonna get a finger. You, sometimes you don't even do it and it happens. Yesterday, right? We didn't even do anything. It was a stoplight. We let them go. And it was like, gosh, did we get there too quick? Or you went anyway? I mean, what? Wasn't it shocking? Like, did we pull up wrong? I mean, something happened. 
And I don't know what it was. Maybe they knew me. They didn't like, I don't know. But they let us know. They were going this way. We were going this way. Like, what was the point of doing that? But, but church, it's because Paul said, you, you can't go to bed angry. There is no way. Your body, your mind, your heart wasn't created for it. And so if you're living in it, you are going to be messed up. Just be ready. Because you're going to be messed up and you're going to take the old self and you're going to put it back on. So here's what it tells us. The scripture that Paul is saying is that the people in this church, they were picking anger up and it wasn't jiving with the work of the Spirit. Because anger and the work of the Spirit don't mix. And if you're trying to mix it, it ain't a good mixed coffee. It doesn't work. I'll just be honest with you. Like people like Blackberry in their coffee. I'm like, oh gosh, it makes me shudder. Okay, but hey, go for it, right? I, I can't do it. Now, Blackberry Cobbler Frap is, is like, that's awesome. But the deal is that some things just don't mix. And you were not created to mix with anger. And so if you have a scorecard full of anger and you don't know what to do with it, you don't know why it keeps coming out in these ways, well, I'm telling you today there's a reason why, because you weren't created to hold it. Aren't you glad, though, like, here's what I thought about this week. I'm like, aren't you glad that God didn't create us with the capacity to hold on to it? I mean, imagine if he created us with the capacity to hold on to it, we would have some really nasty encounters, right? They're already nasty without the created capacity to hold it. Imagine if he had created us and said, I'm going to give you the capacity to always have anger with or without me. And so, now Paul did it like really frank, but I'm not Paul, okay? And so I'm far from him. And uh, he would have just stood here and said, let it go. And if they're hurting you, then get away. And if they're then, I mean, he would have been pretty frank because he actually just said like, step away. Praise the Lord, step away and say, you got a problem, hold on to that problem yourself. And I'm going to go step over here with the community of believers going to embrace me. I don't care if I'm sleeping on a cot. I don't care if I'm sleeping on a pillow, but I'm right there. But I can't say that. So I've thought about a couple of things. The first thing is maybe communication would help. Maybe when the anger comes, you, you need to communicate. Let's start with ourselves. Because Paul was saying, like, God gets angry at sin. You should be angry at sin. And so if you've got sin in your life, you should be mad about it because it's going to destroy you. So why not get a spiritual father or mother or, or partner or someone who's going to walk you through spiritually and do what it says here because we're all in this together. I hope you all have learned that like I don't go around convicting you. If you share with me and say, hey, I want to deal with it, then I'm going to deal with it with you. But I'm not going to say you're better or I'm better. Or, that's ridiculous. So maybe just find someone that you can trust and say, I can't deal with this anger. It is, it is consuming me. It's such a long scorecard. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, let's work on it. The first step is recognizing it and moving on. But church, there are some things like, you can start by talking. You can start by communicating. You can start by like journeying through but we can also start by just making the decision that like, okay, I recognize in me this sparks. So I got, I got, a, I got a partner with someone. I've got to work through that. Or maybe today you got to go to somebody and just say, I, you probably don't know, but I'm really angry with you. 
And I think it's best just, can you hear me out? And hopefully that person's mature enough to, to hear you out and you, you work through it. Or maybe you see someone who's broken and hurting and you know that they're living in anger and maybe you need to just go and say, hey, I know you're in this. If you ever wanna, I'm here. Church, anger is gonna destroy you. And some of you today, you're angry at God. You're here. Something got you here because there's a part of you that's not angry with him. There's a part of you that understands the mysteries of God are bigger than you and we really can't interpret them all and so maybe you need to just, maybe you need to embrace God in your anger because guess what he can do? He can handle it. So I don't know. But I think one thing we all have in common and we could all confess today, we could all agree today, that is, is that anger consumes us. If it's not dealt with it, it will deal with you. If you don't embrace it and recognize where it started, the great thing in my wife and I's journey is that when something comes out of me and it, it's fueled by anger, we do a good job of journeying back and, and finding out like when did it start, where did it start? And most of the time it didn't start with us, it was even further. And then we begin that journey of healing and we work through it. But you've gotta be willing to work through it. You've gotta be willing to say, okay, this does enrage me. Because Paul actually says here that um, anger eventually will come out in rage. And rage looks different for all of us. Some of us, it's in the way we talk or maybe the way we yell or maybe in the physical or maybe in just giving up on everything. I don't know. We all deal with anger differently. But if you don't deal with your scorecard that's full of anger, it will deal with you. It will deal with you. And it'll be probably pretty ugly when it does. And so why not take that space back? Start having the conversations. Start confessing to God and saying, you know what, this is where my mind is. This is where my heart is. This is where, because there's something about Paul because he took it further and said like, don't go to bed today. Like his actual translation is today with it on your, at least begin the journey today so that you can go to sleep tonight and, and rest. Because people, you weren't created with the capacity to handle anger. It was created with the capacity to handle you. God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you for the words that Paul has given and gifted us. God, I also thank you today that when I think about the life of Paul, I think about relatability. Something was in him pre-experience with you that created such an anger that I think all of us at some point could relate to. But then Paul had an encounter with you and everything changed. Paul saw something in the people and wrote a letter to say, hey, don't, don't let anger, con don't let it consume you. And God, that letter and those words still stand true today. Because I don't think you intended for us to be, and I know, I know that I know you didn't intend us to be a people full of anger.
He actually intended us to be a people full of you with joy and happiness and peace and confidence in you. So God, help us to release those scorecards of anger. God, give us the boldness to make moves. Give us the confidence to say, no, I'm not going to be the recipient of your anger. God, give us the ability to stand in your truth. And then God, let us Let us really today begin to understand what real anger is and what disappointment is, what sadness is. And let's put those things in the right category because I believe that'll help us. I love you. I praise you. I thank you for what you've done in me. I thank you for what you've let me see. And God, I pray that you would continue to let me see it because I want those things to be put off. I love you. God be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope to see you. Lots happening this week. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for being here today.